Hi, everybody. I'm Max Blumenthal with The Gray Zone, thegrayzone.com. And I'm here today with independent journalist Alina Lipp, who is a German journalist now reporting from the Donbass region of eastern Ukraine and specifically the independent republics of Donetsk and Lugansk. And she ha is now being prosecuted by the German government and faces three years in prison for her reporting, which has violated new German speech laws. So we're here to talk to Alina to understand better this prosecution and Germany's role, not only in this conflict, but what she's been seeing on the ground and why her reporting is such a threat to this frontline NATO state. Welcome, Alina, to the Gray Zone. Hello, nice to talk to you. Good to see you. Uh, describe to us this, this prosecution, and I understand it's sort of framed as a lawsuit. You're not allowed, you're not welcome to show up at the hearing. You've basically been delivered a, a paper explaining your prosecution. What, what was in that paper and what are you facing now if you go back home to Germany? Actually, this whole thing is uh, is very strange. It started a month ago when I where I noticed that uh, well, there's some money missing from my bank account, and there was some number written on. Well, I found some number uh, and I understood. Okay, there's something going on from the government. Well, from the side of the government, and well, they took money from my bank account, but nobody told me why. So I haven't got uh, mail or well, nothing. I heard nothing. Um, and I'm still registered in Germany, so they are reading my mail, but got nothing. And uh, so that they seized after, all of the money. Uh, journalist in Germany. Uh, Sorry to interrupt, but they seized all the money from your bank account without informing you? Not all money. They took 1,600 euro, and uh, then a journalist got interested about this because I was writing on my channel about this. What happened? A journalist was asking questions, and afterwards, only afterwards, uh, they sent an, a mail, and I got these documents and uh, understood that they are now prosecuting me. Uh, right. They opened a case because I am supporting the special operation in Russia. That was written, uh, what was written in this uh, paper. And uh, that, well, for example, they mentioned, I was saying the 24th of February that um, Russia started the special operation and said it's denazification and uh, that the people here around me, I was uh, in Donetsk by that time, and I said, well, the people here are celebrating this decision because they got killed already eight years by Ukrainians. So, right. Um, and for, for the Germans, it's not understandable. They say it's not true, and this is radical to say such a thing. Uh, but actually, I was only telling the opinion of other people, well, the opinion of the Russian government and the opinion of the people in Donetsk. Well, this is my job as a journalist. And um, they also wrote that I'm somehow um, separating the, well, people in Germany. Uh, in the documents was written that, for example, well, the, the reasons why they opened the case 
uh, was that on the 24th of February, I said in my videos that Russia started a special operation and uh, for them, denazification of Ukraine. And I said that people in Donetsk, uh, where I was uh, by the time, uh, they support the decision of Russia because they got killed already for eight years by Ukrainian army. And uh, for Russians, uh, for uh, Germans, this is already a lie. It's not true. And it's not to say such a thing, obviously. It's not allowed. To, it's uh, not allowed to say that. Yeah, I can understand that because I just uh, told Germans the opinion of Russia and the, the opinion of the people living here. So this is my job as a journalist. Um, yeah, in this document was just written. This is the reason why they took money from my bank account because I'm independent. I only get money from. Uh, my readers, uh, if they like my work, they send me some money. And so they were saying, um, no, you're, you're supporting the special operation. This is uh, a forbidden thing. And this is why we took your money. So this is basically what happened. And in the document was also written that they are not going to hear me out because this would uh, disturb the process of persecution. Well, then, oh, yeah, they are shooting. Uh, shooting all day, by the way. Well, let's, uh, let's just pick up where we left off. So, uh, Alina, we've been having some connection problems. Your mobile data has gone out and you say they're shooting now in the background. Where are you and what are you hearing? I'm in Donetsk and uh, the Ukrainians are shooting on us all day already. So the past days also, it's very, very bad. People who have been there here in 2014 are saying it's much worse than in 2014. Yeah. And we all understand we can't understand why it's still going on and getting worse. So lots of people dying every day. It's, well, it's it, it appears. It's, are you are you frightened for your safety where you're sitting right now? No, you know, there's no area anymore in the city that is not being shot. So it can happen anytime, anytime. And, uh, you're kind of. I don't know. You just keep on living, <laughs> trying your <Yeah>. best. <laughs> well, I, I guess that's the nature of uh, of the work. Um, the the U.S. has delivered high mobility artillery rocket systems to the Ukrainian military, and it appears that these are being used to launch strikes in civilian areas, including on markets in the, the Donetsk region. Have you been reporting on these? attacks on civilians by the Ukrainian army? And is this something that has upset the German government? Yes, um, few ago, they shot down a market here in Donetsk and the German first channel. So in the main German news was saying that the Russian army destroyed this market. In the Russian attack, 
Gegen den massiven Beschuss der russischen Armee ist die Ukraine zunehmend machtlos. Der so that Russia was, was shooting on this market in the net. It is incredible because I, I was here, I filmed it and uh, then I, I made it public in, in my channel and I translated it also into Russian and every channel, every news channel in Russia showed my video with the translation. Everybody was shocked and after a few days, the German first channel wrote uh, on their page, well, apparently made a mistake, uh, we're sorry, but somewhere down there on the side where nobody's reading about this. But at least we, with my auditory, had uh, well, made it, mm, enough pressure on them. So, <laughs> um, yeah, and yesterday, for example, also um, a 10-year-old girl uh, was shot down and um, then afterwards they found out that th those were NATO weapons who killed her. Right. And she was she was ripped in part, actually. It's it's horrible. Well, the, here here's the footage of a 10-year-old girl. Um, this is something you won't see in the US or Germany. Uh, what are what what are civilians in in Donetsk? telling you about the violence they've been facing for the past eight years and their opinion on the Russian incursion into Ukraine and uh, the, the, the operation overall? The people here are tired of, of the war. They, eight, for eight years now, they live in permanent, yeah, in permanent stress. You always hear the shooting somewhere. Uh, of course, the last years it wasn't that bad as now, but uh, 2014-15 and this year were very hard. Many people died and um, they are just just tired of it. And of course, if you, were, if, if you live in this war for eight years, you are now, you would be thankful for Russia to start the special operation. They are hoping uh, for an end of the situation, finally. And uh, they are all very angry about the Western news. And um, yeah, that's basically what I can say about the people here. They feel like they're being lied about or that they've been, their suffering has been completely erased by Western media. Yeah, of course. Of course, they are shocked, they are sad, um, and yeah, no words for it. <laughs> I mean, you're sitting, as for, as for me too, I came here as a, as a tourist, basically. And when I understood what is going on here, and that no Western, well, at least no German journalist from the official news was, has been here in the past eight years. I was so shocked. I found nothing in the German news about uh, dying civilians in Donetsk in the last eight years. Nothing. Yeah. Only, only the opinion of Ukraine, and and lots of times they are writing just the other way around that uh, the bad separatists were killing people in Ukraine or something like that. It's it's unbelievable, and it's in the middle of Europe. 
it's and and the only persons, uh, the only journalists coming here, well, most of them are from the alternative news because nobody right. from the Western countries is sending their official journalists here. Uh, I just had a talk yesterday with uh, John Miller, a British journalist. Uh, he actually works for Press TV, which is a channel from Iran. And they allow him everything to film. They translate it and show the truth, which is really uh, an exception. And he's he's saying the same thing. He's He thinks that uh, the West is not sending journalists because if they would be here, they just would have to tell the truth that Ukraine is killing civilians here. So, yeah. Yeah, I had my own experience with the German media when I went on a speaking tour after covering Israel's assault on the Gaza Strip in 2014. I went to Berlin with an Israeli journalist from the alternative press, David Sheen. And as soon as we arrived to do our speaking tour, we were labeled uh, in Berliner Morgenpost and the whole Springer Press as anti-Semites, even though we're, we were both Jewish. And the, their Spiegel eventually picked up on the narrative as well. Every mainstream paper in Germany and even members of the Bundestag, the German parliament, demonized us as anti-Semites. They even called us Holocaust deniers. And there was no divergence from the official line. I guess my question is, do you think that this is something about this, that the, the reporting of this conflict in Ukraine says something about the culture of the German mainstream media, or is it coming from the top down? Is the state compelling reporters to report the official line? I think it's both. I think that the German government indeed is orientated to uh, the US and to Great Britain. And yeah, if you watch on, if you look on the structure of the German official news, you understand that uh, in the last years the, there were about seven uh, big news companies buying all small um, like television channels, right. uh, newspapers and so on. So they are all somehow connected to one of the seven big media houses. And um, the bosses of these media houses are all connected to uh, politicians or to transatlantic uh, organizations and so on. And yeah, this ex explains a lot. And uh, the other thing is that for the past, I would say, 15 years, um, they were writing only in a bad way about Russia. So people never heard something neutral or positive about Russia. And um, especially now where they are lying that Russia is killing like everybody in Ukraine and destroying everything. The Germans uh, have those emotions like, oh, we are always knew Russia is, is evil. So, right. on. so you, they, they are really, they are very manip manipulated. And also the people who, who are working on this uh, media houses, they also are man manipulated. I had some talks with, with persons working there and 
they didn't believe me. Even when I said them, I'm you can have all my material here. I'm here. I could be a source for you. They yeah. answered, oh, we don't believe you because uh, maybe if you film an interview with a civilian uh, behind your back is standing a Russian soldier with a weapon. And then I said, okay, then I, I can organize you a trip here to go, come here. I, I will take care about everything. And he answered, no, they don't pay me for that. Yeah, I just so, asked Sergey to get his gun out of the shot because uh, it was pointing too close at your head. Yes, Sergey, can you stay back a little? Thank you. Spasiba. Yeah, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's believable. That was my feeling in Germany, just being there and being the subject of this all out information warfare assault um, was just how unbelievable it was and that. Only maybe one or two columnists or reporters were interested in what I actually had to say. Um, Germany, we, we were talking before, and your connection was disrupted. As, as you said before, there's, there's um, shooting taking place all around you. You can hear it in the background, so our Wi-Fi connection is not as good as it can be. Um, but we were talking about pre-existing speech laws in Germany that have limited critical reporting. It's my understanding that Germany, the German government has banned the use of the letter Z in support of the Russian operation and the term denazification is also outlawed. Is that correct? And can you talk about some of the other uh, censorship activities of the German government that led up to February 24th? Yeah, of course, it's true. You are not allowed to wear a Z anymore. Um, you have to pay for that if you are doing so. Uh, there were cases where people organized demonstrations for Russia, well, to support Russia or against um, Russian discrimination. And they just took away the flags, the Russian flags, saying that it's not allowed to wear them or people were singing Russian songs on these demonstrations and the policeman forbid them to do so, which is unbelievable. You can say you sing any other song in any language, but in Russian it's forbidden now. It's unbelievable. Why yeah. there were videos videos of a teacher criticizing a father or student. Uh, that he is wearing a jacket with a Russian flag, and this is not this is forbidden now. And uh, there, by the way, there is another case opened against a woman uh, who just um, well, in, in, from I think in in her window was a like a paper where was written on it, I support the special operation or something, or Putin go ahead or something like that. And they, the authorities also opened a case against her because of this, because of this, you know? uh, Also a case like mine, uh, where she would face three years in prison. It's, <laughs> as, I, as I told you before, this famous uh, journalist from the alternative media, when he went to Austria and uh, they didn't give him a new bank account there, he tried in all European countries to open a new bank account and 
no bank gave him one. So they, they, I don't know, all European countries somehow working together in this case. I don't know. It's, That's it's a, shocking. What suggests uh, sort of intelligence sharing and uh, collaboration against people for their speech across Europe. It's, it, it's indeed shocking. What, what are they so afraid of? What are the German authorities so afraid of, in your opinion? I really, I, I don't know. Maybe that the truth is coming out. <laughs> yeah. And they look everything. I mean, they have lots of power, and this is the power is connected only to the U.S. and to Great Britain. And if they lose, if the truth is coming out, they lose everything. I think. Yeah, they. It's not a secret that, uh, especially the U.S. is for for maybe already hundreds of years working against friendship between especially Germany and Russia, because this would be a very, very good, very strong connection. And um, I think this, this is what they really want to, um, yeah, prohibit. Right. And and how is how is the German media written about you? I've seen you attacked relentlessly, and there's actually reporting about you in U.S. media, NBC News, um, with uh, its reporter uh, Brandy Zadrozny, who's um, you obviously don't know who that is, but she's basically the stenographer for the security services in the U.S. and their whole counter disinformation operation. Um, the headline is Russian propaganda efforts aided by pro-Kremlin content creators, research finds. And the research comes from the Institute for Strategic Dialogue, which is a think tank. And of course, NBC and Brandy Zadrozny don't mention that the institute for this institute is funded by the British Foreign Office and the U.S. State Department, and that it's essentially a cutout. Uh, and they write this at the end of the piece about you. Among the dozen most influential Western propagandists identified by ISD, the Institute for Strategic Dialogue, is Alina Lip, a German creator who claims backing Ukraine is akin to supporting Nazism and reported the debunked claim that Ukrainians perpetrated a false flag massacre at a maternity hospital in Mariupol. And then it talks about how you have a growing telegram following. Obviously, they're trying to put uh, pressure on telegram. What is your, uh, well, I should say before I ask you for your response that this same institute has targeted the gray zone. They've said my colleague Aaron Mate is the most prolific spreader of disinformation on the issue of Syria. So obviously there, there, there's a broader operation, but what is your response to this claim that you are the most influential Western propagandist spreading disinformation on Ukraine? Well, somehow it's uh, it's great to to be the most <laughs> the biggest, <laughs> but I what I'm doing is only filming what is going on here. I'm just reporting. I'm translating most of the time Russian uh, Russian content into German, explaining what is going on here. Um, I, I do interviews with civilians and translate them to, to German. I really am just showing what is going on here and what Russians or the Donbass people are thinking. 
I don't know where they see propaganda. It's and this what they mentioned with the Nazis in Ukraine. This is the fact. I mean, I know that in the West a lot just there's a lack of information about that. But if you're here, everybody knows about that, and you see it, and you hear horrible stories of people telling how this Adolf Nazis and so on were, were raping people or uh, all this. Mm, um, well, you, you see the pictures of, of the soldiers with where, with their tattoos, with swastikas and so on. So yeah. it's, and, and there were, there were, it was even like, for example, Zelensky or other officials saying that uh, they, Support Nazis like Bandera and so on. So it's all Zelensky, out there. But yeah, Zelensky himself said it, it's cool and normal for Ukrainians to support Stepan Bandera, who was the founder of the uh, organization of Ukrainian nationalists, which collaborated with Nazi Germany during World War II. Степан Бандера герой для какого-то процента украинцев. И это нормально, и это классно. Это один из тех людей, который защищал свободу Украины. Да. So, yes, it's it's out there. I mean, your own uh, state broadcaster Deutsche Welle has reported on it. NBC has reported on it, but all the reporting stopped on February 24th about the presence of Ukrainian Nazis in the Ukrainian military. Yes. Yeah, it's true. I just want to make sure because I'm sure the Institute for Strategic Dialogue will watch this and I want them to make sure that um, we have all of our bases covered. Um, and we've also reported on the incident at the maternity hospital in Mariupol where witnesses told a story that was inconvenient to the NATO narrative. I don't know if you want to comment on that since it was mentioned. Uh, the hospital. Oh, well, this is also, it's a story, uh, well, people say that this was uh, not for real, that there was an actress, for example, this, this blonde girl, uh, which was, uh, have been shown everywhere, and actually this, you know what I'm talking about, there was a girl everywhere on, on all newspapers, yeah, yeah. Uh, who was, yeah, but uh, actually after this incident, she gave a huge interview explaining everything and um, it got, it was obvious that the Ukrainians were shooting this hospital and she said it by herself, but nobody showed and translated this interview with her. Right. And this is, this is unbelievable. And by the way, a few weeks ago, the Ukrainians also shot um uh, what what are they called? This hospitals maternity. Yes. Yeah, maternity. Okay, the U Ukrainians were shooting a maternity hospital here in Donetsk, which I was filming, and nobody's talking about that now in the Western press. And yeah, but it's all the time like that. We'll show that footage here. Um, the. Interestingly, uh, the Associated Press, which was first to report with its Ukrainian reporter from the Mariupol Maternity Hospital, citing this 
this woman or using this woman as their set piece, their photographic set piece, then went and attacked her and demonized her after she delivered her testimony from Russian territory. So the the press had attacked its own uh, its own mascot, essentially. And that really shows the contradictions. Uh, is there any other reporting you've conducted that you want to highlight right now for our audience? Um, anything you've witnessed there that you think hasn't been reported in Western media that people should know about? Yes, there's actually. I filmed, uh, uh, what is it? Um, well, in Mariupol, in the harbor, there are some, uh, what is it? Like special buildings where with corn. Uh, I just don't know the we, word. We call them granaries, but we could call them a warehouse. Okay, like a warehouse. And Ukrainian army destroyed it. Uh, a huge warehouse with corn, like 50,000 tons of corn is destroyed, lying around there. And I talked with people who, who've seen everything and documented that. And now in the West, they are saying, you probably heard of it, that Russia is causing uh, starvation in the world. Right. And not letting out ships from Ukrainian harbors with corn and so on which is not true. And actually in the uh, German uh, television, again, the second channel, they published uh, lots of material about this topic, uh, saying that Russia, for example, um, put mines in, in the near of the harbors in South Ukraine. So they were mining everything there. And this is the reason why Ukrainian ships can't leave the harbors anymore. And this is just bullshit. Because I've been there in this harbor in Mariupol, for example, which was mined by Ukrainians. I see mines. I know how they explain everything to me and feel how they um, demine them. So the big in the water and so on. And for putting the mines on place, you have to be on the land or well, a few meters away from the beach. And Russia never has never been such so close to Odessa, for example. And there right. were there weren't there weren't Russian soldiers on the beach of Odessa. So it's it it it's just bullshit. And right. still everybody believes it. It's and saying that Russia is the 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 reason for star starvation in the world. And this is really making me angry. It's um, you can't imagine. <laughs> Well, the clearly Russia is mining the harbors to prevent itself from launching an amphibious assault on Odessa. I mean, it doesn't, it, according to the Western press, and, and it may be very true that Russia wants to take Odessa. So why would Russia mine the harbors there to make it to make such a move more difficult? Yeah, and by the way, I I looked it up on the twenty fifth of February. I shared on my channel a video showing how Ukrainian soldiers were mining the beach in Odessa. So, it's, yeah, it's the words for that. Very interesting. Um, that's not what we. It's almost. It's almost. Uh, there's almost a blanket. It, it's not a ban, but it's just sort of a. Uh, 
a, a blanket cover up of this kind of information where while people in the global south are experiencing famine and the German unions are reporting that major German industries may soon be shut down because of the economic blockade on Russia and specifically because of the blockade on natural gas. Germany relies on Russia for something like 65% of its natural gas, of its heating needs, and could enter a very dark winter. What, what, are the, what is the German leadership thinking and how do you think this will shape German politics? How is the German public responding to this? And you know, where could it lead politically? I really don't know. I think the German authorities are not thinking <laughs> because yeah. they really they destroy the economy of the country. They destroy everything. They're making everybody upset. And I mean, they have Nord Stream 2 ready completely. They could use it right away. No problem. There's lots of gas in Russia. They are just, they are happy to sell it. And still Germany is saying no. And actually today I got a, uh, a letter from a German, well, uh, from somebody living in Germany. So the en an energy company was sending a letter to him um, yeah. stating that soon you won't have warm water anymore all the time. So only like from in the morning, six to eight and so on. And in the evening, which is, I mean, it's Germany. It's not Donetsk. He and Donetsk right. we also have this because of the war. But I mean, it's Germany. And they were also writing there won't be battery, uh, well, heater uh, until September. Yeah. And already, in the, I mean, September is sometimes is already cold in Germany. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they are thinking. I think they are not thinking. <laughs> it's very, it's. It's very sad and unbelievable. It does seem sad. It's a more severe situation than we have here in the U.S., where where you know some industries are actually celebrating our local liquid natural gas industry, for example. Um, do you plan on returning to Germany under the current conditions at all? And how has this prosecution and and lawsuit affected you personally? Uh, the lawsuit didn't affect me, and well, not at all, because I'm here. I'm not in Germany, and they can't reach out to me. And Russia right. is, by the way, getting out right now from Interpol, so I don't think that they can reach out for me. And uh, Russia is not going to give me to Germany, so I'm safe. And I think it's the other way around. It's a good. Uh, situation to show the world how the German authorities are are right now. Yes, yeah. that there's no uh, freedom of speech anymore in this country, and um, I have an advocate now, a lawyer, uh, which who is defending people, especially Russians in Germany who were suffering from the authorities, and yeah. We're just doing our best and we'll see if we will be successful or not. But I, I can't go back to Germany and I won't. And I'm not against, I, I don't have a problem with this actually. I like 
I like Donetsk and I like Russia. My father already lives in Crimea, which is the most beautiful place in the world for me. <laughs> mm. And so it's okay. So you 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 don't miss friends and family in Germany. You're content living a life outside of your home country because your country is targeting you. Actually, you know, those friends who were who weren't really uh, close friends uh, were especially those who are who don't understand the situation right now in the world. So I don't have them anymore. And those yeah. friends who understand everything, they already moved also to Russia or are going to move to Russia or support me from from Germany also with telegram channels or helping me with, with translations and so on it's it's really great and uh, my mom is also moving to russia now and so it's okay as it is no i think uh, the most important thing in this crisis is that um, more people especially journalists um, should come here to the war zone it's not that bad as you think. It's not that dangerous. And uh, we all, we are lots of uh, Western journalists already and yeah. support that. And we would also support you if you would come here. And um, this crisis we have right now, this is, uh, as I see it, it's not only be between Ukraine and Russia, it's between the whole Western Russia and the whole world is going to change and i hope for the best and not for in a direction some authorities in the west wanted to be so it's it's really the information war is the most important thing right now and i mean for example me I, I never i've never been a journalist before i had my blog about crimea for a couple of years but it was a hobby. Actually, I'm uh, I studied environmental conservation. So I, I just after I came here a few months ago, I uh, I started with journalism. So everybody can come here and do that. Yeah. And 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 you, how did you arrive there? Uh, describe for us your your journey because you mentioned going to. The area as a tourist and how, how did you arrive in Donetsk? I have a friend uh, living in Russia but he's from Donetsk and he helped me organizing the trip and um, yeah you there are already pages in the internet from for example the information ministry just explaining how you can get here uh, where you can stay where you get accreditation and such so uh, questions like that so it's it's not that it's pretty easy yeah people are happy to to have you here so well maybe we'll we'll make the trip at some point at the gray zone we've been many places showing the other side of the story and breaking the media blockade and that's what you're being punished for in that same spirit so thanks so much alina lip for your reporting and for describing to us the what it, the, the true nature of liberal democracy in Germany.
Thank you, Sue. It was nice talking to you.